Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Rogue Wave podcast, the frequency for all things pop culture and the disruptors behind it. We talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture with a rogue spin every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on youtube.com slash rogue matter and streaming simultaneously on facebook.com slash we are rogue matter. Download our podcast immediately following the live stream on all major podcasting apps. Join the movement. Go rogue, roguematter.com. Tonight, Peacemaker versus Book of Boba Fett. Will Netflix change the way they distribute and drop their latest shows? And we give you surefire predictions sure to go wrong. I am your host, Michael Dolce, as always, joined by my cohort and cry on the Lord of the radio himself, even though we're streaming live and on a podcast. Mr. Hassan Godwin, how you doing, sir? Today is the greatest day of my life. I can tell. I can tell. Or you've been replaced by an android of some kind. Which would inadvertently be the greatest day of my life. Trust me. If I could do a clone of me, like, would you clone yourself if you could? Like, no. like, like in the movie Multiplicity? Mm. To get more things done, like, so you can go on vacation no. and they would do all the work? I would, I would never trust a clone of myself. It's very true, actually. I I'd barely trust w- the real you. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely trust a clone, I mean. That's fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> so are How does this become wa- about me? This was a hypothetical. <laughs> it is a hypothetical. I, I can say terrible things about myself. You can't say terrible things about me. That's not I right. I didn't. I simply agreed with your statement. You're you like, said you can't you trust an me. Excellent that, point. That hurts. that hurts bad. That that's that deeply wounds. <laughs> you're like, so you're allowed to speak truth about yourself. And then when yes. I agree about that truth, you're like, wait a minute. It's messed yeah, up. That's 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 how that's that's how it's worked for time immemorial. It's fair. Get with it's it. Fair. It's fair. I can't look, I can't uh can't. You cannot. can't argue with that. You cannot. So I got to tell you, um, you sent over you some, some interesting articles uh, for us to discuss today. Mm. But I got to tell you, even before we get into anything, I love me some Eagly. You know who Eagly? You know who I'm talking yeah, about? I know who Eagly is. That to me. I don't understand the fascination with this show, but okay. All that right. Eagly to me is the basically what it does. Um, it justifies that the secret to a successful anything is to have some sort of cute component 
right? Like some sort of lovable, cute component that offsets anything else you're going to do in a show. Or a that story. is not always true. There, it's it got to be a successful cute component, but it but it's got to be there. It's got to be part of it because there's been look, there's been attempts by other, uh, you know, sh- shows, movies, you know, comics to where there is a cute component that is just doesn't work. Like you said, they're going, oh man, they're trying too hard. But then you have things like Grogu, and you have things like Eagly, and you're like, yeah. You even got things like, what, what were those things in... Um... Eagly is not even the first thing I think about when I think about Peacemaker. That's really strange. It's like you're the first one to make the, the connection to, to, that I've heard, make the connection between Grogu and Eagly. Ooh. But okay. Well, I mean, right. would you expect any less than groundbreaking commentary from, from me? And I don't have the bandwidth <laughs> to, to navigate that one. All Fair right. enough. So All anyway. Right. <laughs> Peacemaker. So this was the big story, though. And this is something that's interesting. I, I enjoy um, articles like this. So from Yahoo Entertainment. And, uh, and thank you, uh, Hassan, for passing it along. I'm giving you giving the proper credit. Peacemaker, most streamed show in the world. Over the Witcher and the Book of Boba Fett. Eagly has eclipsed Grogu, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, as the world's most lovable mascot now. That Peacemaker is the most streamed show in the world. In fact, the HBO Max series was more watched last week than The Witcher and The Book of Boba Fett. We're guessing those HBO execs can really taste it. Uh, Data comes from Parrot Analytics. Uh, It was viewed 69.5 times more or is, is 69.5 times more in demand than the average show worldwide. The series just finished ahead of Netflix's The Witcher, which was 67.7, and The Book of Boba Fett, which is 66. What's surprising about all this is that Peacemaker, to, to, to rise to this level, first of all, it's yes, it's part of, it's part of a superhero franchise, so at least it has that going for it, right? But in terms, so it, it's on par with Book of Boba Fett and The Witcher, which are both part of, you know, big name franchises based off of, you know, other material as well, or, or just or just franchises in general. The Witcher has a huge, um, you know, reading following and, you know, Book of Boba Fett, Star Wars, right? Star Wars is the biggest thing. Peacemaker's part of DC and that obviously, you know, has some cachet to it. But he is what many people would say is a B to C list character. It is definitely not one of the big three. It's not Wonder Woman, Batman, or Superman. It came on the well, heels of a movie. A hero. What's that? Well, he's not even he's a hero. Not, but he's not even a hero. So. Right. Yeah. But it's not okay. even part of like the big. Th- it, again, it's not even. It's 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 not an in demand character, and it's coming off of a movie that, while better than its original incarnation, was a reboot of a movie that did not appeal to critics and had a lot of problems for fans. And so it was almost like you're rebooting a movie that no one really kind of was super excited to see or had bad reactions to. And your version's better, but it's whatever. It has so much going against it. So it's in in a huge accomplishment for Peacemaker to now be the number one streaming show and I think it's thanks to 
the material. I, I do. I think that the show is when I when I look at all like and again, I'm not a disclaimer. I'm not going I'm going to drop Witcher from this conversation just because I'm not a fan of the show. Uh, I, I'm not watching it right now. Maybe I'll get into it at some point, but I can't speak to any authority on it, so I won't. The main argument of Peacemaker versus The Witcher, I'm oh, sorry, Peacemaker versus Book of Boba Fett. It's a. I look forward to it. This is how, this is how I'm gauging it, right? I look forward yeah. to an episode of Peacemaker. I'm enjoying both shows, but I look forward to an episode of Peacemaker way more than an episode of Book of Boba Fett. I care how I watch it. I don't want to watch it on my phone. Actually, I want to watch it on my on my TV. I want to settle in because I'm I'm enjoying it so much that I'm that I can't wait for another installment. Book of Boba Fett. I watched it on my laptop today, and I'm okay with it. Again, I'm enjoying it. It's cool. Uh, we'll talk about this past week's episode as well. Uh, I don't have the gripes that I think the rest of the uh, you know internet verse has with it. But if I had to gauge my level of which show am I, uh, am I more excited to watch each week? It's Peacemaker, and it's definitely due to the, the actual content of the show. Fair enough. That sounds good. Are you uh, in any camp at that point? No. Do you, so you, you have equal interest in both, or do, you, or do you favor one show over the other right now? You know, like uh, by dint of genre, I would I favor Boba Fett over Peacemaker because mm -hmm. I'm more interested in Star Wars and I'm more interested in the sci-fi genre than I am in "quote unquote" mean-spirited, you know, really bad, wacky, Joss Whedon-esque sort of uh, debacle humor. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I'm not not enjoying Peacemaker. Are you surprised that it's the most streamed show this past week? Not, not really. Um, I'm happy for it. You know, yeah. my, my fascination comes more from the punditry who are like, I don't even know why they're even making a peacemaker show. Nobody even asked for this. And now yeah. they're all like, this is one of the greatest shows. It's like, why don't, why doesn't everybody just shut up? Yeah. Let it happen. And then you actually, when you have news to report, you'll have things to report. Yeah. And sound less like idiots and hypocrites than if you just, you know, well, I know insiders are saying right now that this is just a tax break and that they're not really doing this for certain. So whatever. That's more of Where did the, you hear the, that? How did you that's, know? That's more of the jungle that I um that I tend to uh travel in. I like that there's content. I like that there's something to watch one night. Uh there's one at least one good thing to watch every night of the week. Mm -hmm. Um and so Peacemaker is among that. I, I kind of see where it's going. I think it's kind of pedestrian, personally. I think mm -hmm. it's kind of like, you know, bathroom humor. And, you know, a lot of the, you know, the, the disconnected sociopath who doesn't understand why he or she is not making the correct connection with, with normal people, you know, or why why things are, why, why they are the author of their own misery kind of mm -hmm. situation. It's been done time after time. It's really well done. John Senna is extremely funny he's genuinely a funny person to watch i like the cast you know i do not agree that eagly has replaced Brogu. i think that's just a headline that's just a, you know that's just a that's just a, a clickbait gotcha no um, that's not I, that is exactly that's my feeling on it i think eagly right now I'm, is the I'm number one about, mascot like, yeah i'm talking about like the, the people who matter like the country so anyway um and what's so, your what's your habit for viewing i'm curious at this um do you um, 
and it's not a loaded question. I'm just I'm genuinely curious. Do you tend to watch something um, and then go to a, some sort of social media to find out what the world's reaction is? I'll sometimes do that. Not really. Um, sometimes. I mean, depending on what happened. Like mm-hmm. for the the recent Boba Fett, because because there were such big things in that episode that were you know that were not um, announced to to that were supposed to take place in that mm-hmm. particular episode. I just went to see what the reaction was in the, from the you know from the groundswell. But for the most part, I don't really care what anybody else thinks. That's why I'm so bad at this job. Like I don't really give a damn. You know, like I. <laughs> well, I, it's I, funny. I, this is why I asked though, too, because you always seem to come back with, I with knowledge of what the outside world is is thinking. So because you're not I bad be, at the job then. Because I have my, you know, I kind of have my ear to the ground about all that stuff. Is I it want- a circle of? Is it a circle of friends, or is it like, do you scan the like the you know? No, I I I I basically follow um, various supposed quote unquote industry insiders gotcha that, oh, okay, okay. and, and got various it. personalities i got it and so you know you know i get the imp- i get their impressions um some of them i agree with some of them i don't like some of them have some really terrible takes on things you know right. and then you know one of the things i dislike the most listening to those things is when people are you know people i i turn one <laughs> i turn one when one of these commentators off for good when he referred to Duncan Idaho as David Idaho. And I was like, okay, you know what? <laughs> you don't even know what you're, you, you have no idea what the material is you're reading off of and you're LARPing as some kind of, ex, you know, comic book expert or whatever. But there are some pleasant um, discoveries where you're, you know, you're kind of watching a personality. And a lot of times you just watch these things for the personality. You don't really watch them for the information because well, I guess varies. we don't give any information. Yeah, you know, we don't even have any personality, so that's you know that's the other part of it. <laughs> Speak for but, yourself. Um, I am affable and enjoyable. So says um, my Q ratings. But uh, every now and then, one of these personalities will will reveal themselves to be a genuine um, fan of whatever genre, and that actually makes to me the information that they're giving out even more credible because right? you know, like, oh, you you genuinely read, like. Yeah. Uh, you know, you you genuinely know who Adam Warlock is, so therefore you you know you're you're actually giving me pertinent information on this stuff. So that's that's, that's kind of what I do. You know, I watch a lot of uh, you know how tos, and you know I watch a lot of artists draw things and stuff like that. A lot of YouTube, you know. Okay, that's my thing. No, no, you know, no, no. I, I was I was I was just curious because I'm wondering if um, I actually really don't gauge. Uh, the interest, but I, but I, I get the news feeds like you, where uh, someone will kind of, you know, all of a sudden you'll see articles and spoiler if you haven't watched, not this past, not not today's episode of of Boba Fett, but last week's episode of Boba Fett. You know, things like can Mandalorian save Book of Boba Fett, and then I go, I didn't know it needs saving. So then I'll dive it's, in. It, it really doesn't. Yeah, and it did catch you. Uh, then I'll dive in and be like, I didn't realize people didn't like this. That's too bad. I like it. I, I mean, I have no, I have no qualms with the actual show. Um, yeah, it ain't going anywhere. And everybody, you know, like people were mad. People are now supposedly mad that he's not in the show in the last two episodes. But they were mad that he that he was the only thing in the show hmm. the, the previous episodes. They didn't like the they didn't like the Vespa, the the most Espa Vespa gang, and they didn't like um, 
they 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 there was a, some complaints about the train heist in the second episode, which is the, probably to me all, the best part of the show so far. Actually, that was all those scenes with uh, the the Tuscan Raiders that yeah. they, you know, like this is boring or whatever, or the fact that he spends most of his time on a bantha. I mean, they've been doing nothing but complaining. So, like after a while, it just starts to sound like noise. And yeah. you wonder, like, yeah, you know what? I enjoyed the last episode, and I enjoyed this episode. And, you know, Mandalorian, um, Boba Fett was was reintroduced to us all through the Mandalorian. So there was a connection with it. And the last time we saw Boba Fett was he yeah. was helping the Mandalorian save Grogu. So now when we cut back into the Mandalorian's life, it's still connected to Boba Fett. You know? It is. It was jarring, though. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, it was a little jarring to see the Mandalorian, and and not only just to see the Mandalorian, but to have learned a lot of aspects to what happened with him. That I thought, well, that, I, I guess this this would have to me. It felt like I thought they would have saved this for season three of the Mandalorian, and now the title book of Boba Fett actually. Look, I know it says the book of Boba Fett. What does that even mean? But it, it to me, it. it it yeah, was jarring only because now all of a sudden it becomes Book of Boba Fett slash Mandalorian. Nah, there are chapters in every book where there's other characters who are focused on. If it's called the Book of Boba Fett and we're going to try to take that for something literal, that there, it's not unprecedented for chapters in a particular book. Like there are chapters in the first Game of Thrones book that do not have Ned Stark in them. You sure. Know? So it's, it is, I understand it. I understand where people come from. There's nothing wrong with, you know, I don't understand. I, I, I sort of get the comment of being it, finding it jarring. I don't. Okay, you know. I mean, if I was watching, <laughs> here's was here's watching, why it's jarring. If though, I was and, watching Falcon and Winter Soldier and Mando walk through, I would find that jarring. <laughs> but I think no, finding, that would have been epic. That would have finding saved Mando in. I'd have been like, this makes know, total sense now. Finding Mando in a Boba Fett show. Not really. No, that exactly. I, again, to, yeah. You know, I, again, you it, from a Not jarring. From a, I don't think I would call it from jarring. a thinking standpoint, right? From an actual, I'm going to think it's something versus react to something. No, it makes total sense. Yeah, they are interconnected. It's it's. It, I guess it makes sense because obviously, uh, the suits are what connect them because that that is connected to both of, um, you know, their characters and their identities. But what I think it does is, in an inadvertent way. It does show how much more I actually enjoyed the Mandalorian than I than I am Book of Boba Fett. And again, I enjoyed well, them, but I'm not enjoying them equally. I I definitely can admit to that. And I definitely by seeing Mandalorian in these oh, past episodes, I, I, just, I just don't I just don't get that. I you know like I I get it, but I I just don't get it. In you the know, like, things, I do yeah, understand in the it. Things, I'm not like, um, but I'm not going on social media being like this is the worst thing ever and blah blah. blah. I'm not well, building I mean, an I, identity around myself. Know, but of, I mean, of, in the of context that. of in the context of this conversation in and of itself, I know that you're not, you know, you're not blowing the, 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 the story up. I mean, but I mean, like the other side is five episodes into Mandalorian. We didn't know who the hell the Mandalorian was really, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, okay. Boba Fett, Boba Fett's a guy who had maybe four lines in the entire original trilogy. Yeah. You know, his name wasn't mentioned until return of the jedi he didn't even have he didn't even have a, a genuine introduction mm -hmm. by name by his name being called until he died <laughs> until the, the the scene just before right. he died right he is a completely he's a blank slate he is a suit 
they took all that majesty and put it into Mandalorian to put it into yes. another character, mostly for licensing reasons. You know, we'll just have to come up with our own character. So we have the license to do whatever we want, say whatever we want with that character until they got until they, they, they drummed up enough credibility to actually bring in a, um, you know, a, a, a legacy character such right. as the, the genuine Boba Fett. So now in, this, in their attempt to do his show, they also they have to carry a show. They have to they have to give the show a, a reason for existing. And they also have to flesh out a one dimensional character who's mainly only a suit, mm-hmm. which which the gimmick of which was already, you know, has already been given over to Goodwill, you know, but in, in, in introducing Mandalorian Mandalorian, who's also had two different forms of armor, you know, like in, in his show, he's got he's had, there are two different incarnations of the mandalorian the the, the original way with the ruined beskar and then the, mm-hmm. the you know the reconstituted beskar that he got when he when he did the bounty on uh grogu so i mean we already have two incarnate two two seasons and two incarnations of a particular character that they invented from whole cloth using the shadow of boba fett you know and the stigma of boba fett sure motive. so now you're going to bring boba fett to life and i and i i do believe that there's a scuttle i do not know if this is true so i say this and everybody take this with a grain of salt when I say it. There was a, some kind of a, a scheduling hiccup with the third season of Mandalorian, mm-hmm. where they had to inadvertently, you know, shoehorn this in mm. to as a, in, a, in a holding place because we they had lost um, they lost Pedro Pascal definitely for the Last of Us TV show that he's filming for uh, for HBO. But there's a, there there were other some behind the scenes stuff that. No one is 100% clear on, so we don't know what, what yeah. it is, so we won't speculate. But that's basically why we're watching Book of Boba Fett anyway. But go, so, back to the point, go back to the point you just said, though, about what they had to do to make The Mandalorian successful. I agree with everything you said, and I think they succeeded. And I think that's now become a, a, a detriment to Boba Fett, right? Boba Fett was I a mean, unique character that everyone kind of enjoyed and kind of liked um, from a visual standpoint. From a visual standpoint, I think the Mandalorian actually looks cooler, uh, especially seeing him walking around in this. In this, only exemplifies that I think it's almost what we used to like about, or you know, yeah, I'll say what we or I or you know, whatever. No, you, just you. What you I used to like, or no, but I'm talking you. about fandom, right? Like fandom. Well, fandom when you say we, you, liked... you you imply that that I'm included in that, and I don't. Okay, I well, don't I will exclude you, agree. but I'll say fandom. Yeah. What fandom liked about. Boba Fett was he was cool looking, right? Like he was cool. He was mysterious, um, you know. And now the book of Boba Fett, one of the complaints, and I don't, I don't disagree with one of these complaints necessarily. From just a coolness factor, is we don't see him in the outfit, and he doesn't quite fit the outfit the same way anymore, or not even anymore. He wasn't in the outfit in the original movies. It was Jer- it was Jeremy Bullock, and uh, you know. Meanwhile, Pedro Pasqua- Pascal looks cool as the Mandalorian and now you get to yeah, that's see that's not so, even him in the Mandalorian suit it's only his voice oh that's true well whoever they have playing him looks cool and 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 captures the essence of cool that again is not so it's an it factor it's not something you can you can put in a bottle and and accurately explain but he's got it and now Boba Fett kind of doesn't and in it by bringing Mandalorian in it's almost like oh yeah yeah man actually I miss the Mandalorian. Kind of wish this was a Mandalorian show. When okay. I'm enjoying Book of Boba Fett, so I don't really have major complaints. 
sounds like in terms of it but i but i see why now shoehorning him into this might not have been the best thing um let's do a quick spoiler but i mean like if you shoehorn him in if you don't put him in there then people like well we were expecting him to show up how come they didn't show up though well, yeah, really but a lot of other people point. were. And then the other thing would be, oh, they're afraid to put him in there because they know Mando's going to show up over Fett. So, I mean, there would have been no way to win. I mean, look, he's he's part of the, 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 grand, um, the grand scheme, just like Luke, just like Ashoka, just like all these other characters. They're part of the grand storytelling mm-hmm. of, of, you know, of Star Wars. What's going on here? This is all information you're getting of, of what happened after Return of the Jedi, which is still virgin territory. Yes. Um, so, I mean. So that's why I wanted to, I wanted to put a stoppage um, yeah, for two really... seconds and do, hey, spoilers, if you haven't seen today's episode. Uh, I just want to talk briefly. This was a question I had in my own mind coming in was whether or not we were going to see uh, de-aged, you know, Luke again, Return of the Jedi, Luke again. And part of me, you know, in my head was like, well, is that going to take away from how cool it was at the end of season two if we ever do see Luke again? But the other part of me is like, wow, I really, I'm, you know, I want to, I, they've now opened this, this toy box and I want them to go back to it. I do want, I, I want to see more. And so this past episode, the, my final judgment is I'm glad they did this. I'm glad they're, you know, again, whether or not it should be in the book of Boba Fett or it should be in, you know, the Mandalorian or whatever the case is, as long as they use it sparingly, just because the DH technology is not, it's not a, it's not a hundred percent there. There's, there's still some stiffness. There's still some knowledge that it's not, you know, you're not looking at real Mark Hamill right now. Um, but I think it's pretty good enough that if they use it sparingly in the way, in the way they did it, I thought was good enough. And I enjoy this. And now I am actually getting amped to think of the possibilities in terms of I, Carrie Fisher. I doubt they're going to ever want to touch that, obviously, because she's passed away. But Harrison Ford, that's got some real potential now, um, you know, to make a reappearance. And yeah, I almost probably won't, idea. though. They'll probably have uh, Alden Narrowrike just because they've already pre-established him. Yeah. If they do it, but I mean, they may not because this is ten years later, so they may get away with with having it actually be Harrison Ford. But who knows? Yeah, but the thing that I like about it now is what this is doing, and I think you and I have had this conversation many, many years ago, or I've had this conversation with other people because I kept reading about the Avatar technology, which is what they're using. This is this all kind of this this whole de aging projecting on screen through computer, uh, what is not actually there was was technology James Cameron invented when he put out Avatar in 2009 and it opens the possibility that these that the you know the number one thing what 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 always inhibits us from doing in the movies what they do in the comics which is look a comic you know you create a comic book character I mean that character can be the same age for 20 years that character can be the same age for 30 years 60 years you know Spider-Man's been in college since the 80s right like and you can do that because it's it's a piece of paper and a drawing on a piece of paper you couldn't do that before with actors and actresses because they're going to age and now now we can start treating these iconic characters as separate from their actor uh you know the actors who portrayed them because now you can bring back mark hamill that is mark hamill speaking 
that is Mark Hamill doing his own vo- his, uh, voiceover, but almost treating it like animation, except it's so ultra realistic uh, that we can we can carry on these characters. I mean, we can have. I mean, think about this, right? We don't need to have old Indiana Jones or old Han Solo. We can have young Han Solo. We can have you know the character Indiana Jones can go on without having to go the James Bond route, and I find that exciting. I find that to be you know kind of exciting territory. Now again. Whether they're going to cross over into the posthumous, you know, is it posthumous? Posthumous. posthumous? Mm-hmm. Got that one right this time. Yeah. It's kind of sure. Like. Posthumous, sure you, you know, um, you know, territory, which can be dicey, right? I mean, maybe these actors are going to have to start putting in their wills that their estate gets paid royalties if they get brought back after they after they're deceased i mean what what a yeah. world of or of, studios are smart they'll start putting that in their contracts i if think they'll, so they'll start they'll start putting a purchasing or a percentage of their likeness of so being able to utilize yeah. their likeness for a particular you know yeah. and they'll license that from the estate of the yeah of the actor. and if i'm an actor or an actress i mean the thought of living living on in you know in the movies i, I would think that's enticing i think that's a positive um, would be so, but, but it's could, exciting you could, for you me. You think I find of a number of terrible now. things that they could do with it. Well, I mean, I, you know, there, there has to be some sort of, you know, it has, there has to be some sort of like a state, you know, approval clause in there, but I, I find it exciting. So, so to me, you know, again, uh, I think you phrased it great in our production meeting. You know, this is all Star Wars. Um, my only point in Book of Boba Fett is in terms of what I was expecting, having Mandalorian in there did feel jarring, but ultimately I'm still enjoying the show. I'm enjoying Peacemaker more though, and I'm look forward to Peacemaker more than Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, if you if you must turn it into a competition, then I suppose so. I do, and I, that's just how I live life, and and it's pretty good. What do it you guys think? A lot. That tells Peacemaker, me everything I Boba need to know. Fett, are they both hitting the marks for you? Are neither? Is one hitting it more than the other? Is one not hitting it over the other? Uh, let us know in the comment feed when we come back. Rogue predictions sure to go wrong. 2022 box office when we come back. Welcome back to the Rogue Wave podcast. Just a reminder to go on to roguematter.com right now. We've got tons of comics and ebooks and videos that are absolutely free. Free to read, making Markham issues one to three, one, two, and three. All there. Complete story, beginning, middle, and end for free. Go read it. Uh, coming out next week is Time Trader number one. That was uh, created by yours truly. It's about a. Uh, a young upstart with the ability to rewind time goes to the stock market to try and cash in, discovers it's run by an Illuminati of people just like him. That's coming out next week, Time Trader number one. And uh, we've got McBride and Groom. We've got tons of stuff. It's all free. Go to roguematter.com and you can enjoy it right now. Okay. Doing a segment now, i got to be honest, Hassan, I was surprised when you sent me this article because mm-hmm. we've talked about predictions on the show. Um, and this article is all about box office predictions for 2022 i will eat this stuff up all day long i can't i love it i will i love i love That's being why I able send it to you. 
What's I sent it to you because that's why I sent it to you because I knew you'd eat it up. I I don't have a I don't have but, a dog in the prediction hunt. I really but don't. By, but but I, by sending it to me, you you've you've essentially blessed me doing this on the show. Now it's like I have to. I, you do whatever you want, man. I mean, like you know, I could. I'll I'll try to be present <laughs> when you do it. <laughs> so they broke this down. They broke it down as a sure thing. A safe bet and a question mark right so so kind of in three categories they picked um and and we'll try to stick with well we'll, we'll, yeah i mean we'll try to stick with with genre stuff um stuff that we we more or less seem to comment on a lot because there's a couple movies in here that i think we can probably gloss over if we don't mention it but uh but starting right away with a film that i think it's a curious one, but but is listed under the sure thing, the Batman. Now this is a this is a sure thing. It's a comic book adventures have essentially been pandemic proof at the box office, and Batman is one of the most ubiquitous masked heroes on the planet. Add Robert Pattinson as a moody, enigmatic cape crusader, and Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, and yeah, this movie is going to be huge. Do you agree or disagree that this is a sure thing at the box office? I disagree. Nothing is a sure thing. Aside if from you, that, nothing is you, a sure if thing. If you're going to ask me like questions like that, yeah, probability. See, that's thing. No, I. I'm going to say I'm going to say it's a sure thing. In the, it's going to have a very strong opening week weekend, but then it's going to come down to how well Robert Pattinson fits behind the cape and cowl. It's it's it really falls on his shoulders. I think it's going to be fine. Um, I think it's going to do really well, and I think it's going to usher in the new era of Batman. Mm. Simply because of this. The same reason um, that I, I, wasn't, I was one of the few people who wasn't worried when I heard that they had cast Heath Ledger as the Joker. Yeah. I'm like, obviously, there's a reason why they cast him. Yeah, he's, he's such a he's such an unclear choice to play that role, such a, just as just like Robert Patterson, such an unclear choice to play the role that there must have been something that he was able to do that wowed people into believing that he could be the Batman, just like yeah. Heath Ledger was able to be the Joker. So I think it's going to be fine. I think it's very ambitious. I think the fact that it's almost, almost like three hours, if not a yeah. little three hours. I've liked the trailers. The only my only issue with the trailers are the whole. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No the whole thing, and this is the only thing that could tank it, mm-hmm. potentially, other than it being absolute garbage, which it could right. be. Obviously, like, we don't know be. what it's going to be. It's going to fall on the shoulders of the content, sure. But I think Batman fatigue might tank it. I mean, I think Gotham fatigue. I think the fact that um, this guy, this brooding guy who's going out to stop everybody because killed his dad and his mom and the, the movie theater, and we're going to have to see that all over again. And he's all angsty. And 
I think that could kill it. I think if you don't have some kind of new um, energy element, yeah, to go with the um, uh, to go to go with the the motif, the very well uh, the well established motif of the the you know the Dark Knight in in yeah. rundown Gotham. I think if you don't have have something some kind of new spark to it, it could probably very easily be. Yeah, see- um, I agree. Blend in with the Nolan stuff, and 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 I think Nolan put a, such a severe—that's uh, probably the wrong adjective for it—but such a severe stamp on it, on the Batman thing, on the Batman, um, uh, you know, aesthetic, mm-hmm. that it's going to be difficult for any film to come along and not be compared. And I think that's what was a big success with the Affleck Batman. Yeah, is that I wasn't thinking Nolan at all while watching it. Now mileage varies on whether that was that that kind of Batman does it for certain people. It was one of my favorites, very much uh, out of the Frank Miller book yeah. of Batman. Um, but this Patterson Batman is going to flirt very hard with the Nolan aesthetic. Um, well, you can see I that already. You, in the I don't trailer. put this as a sure thing. I really don't. Um, I if I was, was to put sure it anyway, thing. I'd actually put it in question mark. I really would. It's not a safe bet, and it's not a sure thing. I, I think it all falls down to what happens with with Pattinson and how well we take to him. And so, quite quite frankly, this is a question mark for me. I, box office wise, yeah, I think it's a question. Well, I mean, mark. when it pertains to that question, though, in and of itself, I don't. I'm not really worried because I think he wouldn't have gotten the job if he couldn't do the job in this particular. Batman is such a thing. Mm-hmm. That you wouldn't just like, let's just throw someone in there and just see yeah. if we can do it. So, yeah. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And they actually threw together all of the MCU releases into this one. Uh, Marvel's Doctor Strange sequel immediately follows the events of December's billion dollar grossing Spider Man No Way Home, which cracked open the multiverse. So all manner of previous Spider-Man characters could play together. This movie has multiverse in the title, suggesting variant versions of all kinds of MCU characters could be on deck for appearances. Uh, on top of that, Scarlet Witch is carrying over the events from her Emmy-winning Disney Plus hit, WandaVision. Didn't know it won any Emmys. Maybe costume. Plus, Marvel tapped Sam Raimi, author of the original Spider-Man trilogy, to direct, and Michael Waldron, head writer of Loki, to write the screenplay. So there will be some cohesiveness in it. Uh, the only cause of concern they wrote was that the first Doctor Strange movie is among the Marvels is is among Marvel's lowest growing grossing blockbusters, and the film was still shooting in Los Angeles through December 2021, causing Marvel to push its release date from February to May. I'm going to go under the category of sure thing. I don't see this as not being a sure thing. I don't see this as look. It's Marvel, right? They've pretty much proven that anything they put their their stamp on when it comes to theaters is going to be a big hit at the box office. And even if it is one of their lowest grossest grossing films, I think the cachet of having him in Spider-Man, which was one of the highest grossing ones, is going to carry over. I don't see this. I, I see this as nothing less than a sure thing. Outstanding production design was the Emmy that Wanda Vision. There we won. go. That was um, excellent, by the way, the production design. I mean, yeah, it's going to do well. It's going to be fine. Sure It'll thing be or safe bet? No, 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 all right. No, you're not getting me on that binary crap, but I think it's going to do fine. If you want to, well, those are the two positive ones. It's basically kind of like a, like a hot, medium, and cold. And I'm going to go, you know, I'm going hot take. I think it's, I I think it's a short, I don't, 
I don't break things down like that. Like I don't break down. Like I I'm liking, um, I'm liking Peacemaker, but not as much as Boba. Fett. I mean, like I don't, I don't, I don't get judging things on that level. I don't judge people who judge things on that level, but I just don't, you know. Um, and so, therefore, like, is this going to be seriously hot or is this going to be lukewarm? I don't know. It's going to do well. It'll be fun. okay. Jurassic World. Uh, what looks strong despite three decades passing uh, since the original Jurassic Park. Yeah, but uh, the it, last two were like billion dollar movies. The so. 2015 okay. sequel and its 2018 follow up each devoured, devoured more than one billion globally, cementing the science fiction action series as one of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. Um, I, I gotta say, they have it under the sure thing. I, I will put it as a safe bet only because the way movie theaters have now transformed, they are big event movies. There's nothing bigger. Look, my son, it's five years old, friggin' loves dinosaurs. I think just dinosaurs are just something that, that all kids, uh, especially young boys, just love. And as they grow up, I don't, think, I, don't think there's any, I don't think there's any level of losing interest in them. Um, and theaters are made for big spectacles. So I'm going to put this under a short, I'll put this under a safe bet that it's going to do really well. That's fair. I think it will do well, but I, I don't go shape safe bet or a short thing. Okay. F that. Okay. <laughs> F those parameters. Ba- but I basically, think it'll do yes. Fine. But this is this is what I variety is. So fine. we're commenting on variety. Yeah, varieties, but they're you know, but they're fools. That's fair <laughs> enough. All right. The final sure thing under their kids. So these are all things they consider to be sure things. That's fine. Okay? That's fine. Spider Man across the Spider Verse Part One. Uh, yeah, sure thing. I don't. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any doubt. It is going to be. Well, a okay. See now we we because of the the original didn't really do that much that well at the box office. It was re, it was critically acclaimed out the wazoo and it won an Academy Award. But it in wasn't. the process, it grossed an unexpected three hundred and seventy five point five million dollars worldwide and won yeah, the Oscar. It, they expected it to do more than that, though. They expected no. it to do, go no. higher. No, it's, no according to Variety, according to Variety, they didn't. But According to um, just about every other piece of paraphernalia that I read on it at the time when it came out, it was it wasn't a box office blowout is how it was described. Okay. So, but three hundred million for an animated movie is fantastic. Close to four hundred, yeah. So, yeah. I think the second one will do just the same. Especially also um, everything I've heard about Arcane. Mm-hmm. And the, the extravaganza that, that Arcane has become, they said this is the greatest animation since Into the Spider-Verse. Mm. So Into the Spider-Verse still is the only other piece of, of animated paraphernalia that was mentioned in the praise and consistently mentioned in praise yeah. of, uh, of Arcane. So that Into the Spider-Verse has a huge uh, market share. Mm-hmm. Of whatever the the the, the new craze for animation is going to be, whatever yeah. Fortiche, whatever they have unlocked in changing the game for animation, into uh, yeah. Spider Verse does really have uh, a, a significant place in in the in the Hall Absolutely. of Fame on that. So the second one coming up, I'm pretty sure anime enthusiasts, animation enthusiasts are going to be there in droves. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure that it's going to do well. Into I, the, hope it 
I think so too. Into the safe bet category, Mission Impossible 7. Uh, what looks strong is 2018's Mission Impossible Fallout uh, earned some of the best reviews in the series' history. Great movie. Grossing 800 million close to it worldwide. Uh, Fallout's core creative team has returned, including writer-director Christopher McQuarrie and co-stars Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, and Vanessa Kirby. I, I gotta tell you, I would... They're making two more, aren't they? There's, I think yes. seven and eight, they're simultaneous. Yes, but so. I think this is the one that's actually releasing in September. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. They put this under safe bet. I will agree, but I would almost put it under a sure thing. I think Mission... I think fans have just... This is a franchise that again fits what theater what the movie theater experience has become which is which is larger than life and at this point this and fast and the furious movies i'm just never surprised that they do like gangbusters yeah i don't know if it's going to be a billion dollar movie but i think it's going to do really well justifying the next one which will already be half if not Mm -hmm. totally in the can when it comes out it'll be fine they'll do all right they'll do good this is this falls under safe bet the flash releasing november 4th Mm, Uh, i don't know about that Strong, more <laughs> multiversal shenanigans as a pretext for some deep dish nostalgia. This time in the DC Comics realm, uh, Barry Allen, as played by Ezra Miller, runs back in time to prevent his mother's murder. But in doing so, he splinters his timeline and finds himself face to face with Michael Keaton's version of Bruce Wayne from 1989's Batman and Batman Returns. I think that's uh, director- what's going to do it. Right, going to do it. Um. It is, uh, what is it, director Andy Muschietti, fresh from directing the It movies to $1.1 billion in global box office, uh, cast Sasha Cali as the first big screen Supergirl, and another, some other DC Universe stars are set to reprise their roles, including Michael Shannon as General Zod and Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne uh, from Barry's Cinematic Yay! Universe. I'm going to say this is, My favorite this is a... a this is a safe bet as well. I, I, the, the only reason I don't put this in the sure thing category, uh, because all of this sounds delicious, right? This sounds like stuff that we as fans of this stuff would just devour. Like, <gasps> Michael Keaton, <gasps> you know, who would have thought I'd say this? Ben Affleck, <gasps> like, I can't wait to see it. Like, I can't wait to see these guys. Uh, but it's, I'm going to say it's a safe bet and not a sure thing because it's DC, right? I, I, I would say I would I would say yes, but I think I think the um, I think Zack Snyder's return to form um, with not only Justice League but also uh, 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 the Vegas Dead movie, which I forget mm-hmm. the name of it. Um, <laughs> Vegas Dead. Um, I think. Uh, I think that, you know, I think a lot of things are going to go off. I think the political situation with Joss Whedon is going to be a factor into it. Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be, I think since this movie readily acknowledges the Snyderverse, but it's also um, credibly a kind of a gateway out of the Snyderverse without Mm -hmm. destroying the Snyderverse, there's a potential for this movie to be really big. There's a potential for Snyder supporters to be really, you know, to be to be Local. really diligent in mm-hmm. in supporting it. And uh, the fact that Ezra Miller is going to be a new brand new Flash that we haven't seen him on his own. And he hasn't really I mean, there's, there's some controversy surrounding him, but he hasn't really been controversial as it, as pertaining to fans. Um, again, bat, you know, Ben Affleck's Batman's going to be in it, but also Michael Keaton first time back as Batman since you know, Batman returns. That's going to, I mean, 
I'm sure the movie's going to short shrift us and he's going to be in it for six seconds and he's going to be in a tuxedo with, you know, with, with it, and he's not even going to be Batman in it, mm. you know, because they, they do stuff like that. But I think just the idea that we'll get him yeah. as Batman again is going to pretty be pretty big. And if they handle it correctly and they do a good job, the sky's the limit. It could be it could be Wonder Woman or Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, we're going to go. We've got two more, maybe three. No, we got three more. And this is uh, we'll wrap this up kind of quick. Avatar 2. They have this listed as a safe bet. Uh, I, I'm actually, without going into too much detail about it, I'm going to put this under question mark. I don't think it's a safe bet. Uh, only because it's been 12 years. No, 13 years since the original came out. When I think back to Avatar, I think of an enjoyable film experience. I think really cool technology, but what set it apart for me was that it was the first modern 3D experience. It was more about the experience than the actual storyline. I, I honestly don't really care too much about the characters. I, again, did I enjoy it? Absolutely. Did I walk around going like, wow, what an amazing story that was. I walked out going like, holy cow, that 3D, those 3D glasses were unbelievable. Could you believe that we were seeing that stuff like that? And, and could you believe that they were able to project, you know, the technology on screen? Like it was more of a technical, um, a technical and experience for me rather than I, I, they don't ever have to put another avatar out and I would never sit there and go like, oh man, they're really missing out because man, I can't even remember what happened. It's been, it's been 13 years and I didn't walk out of the theater being that bowled over. I, I think it's a question mark more than anything else. Uh, I don't bet against James Cameron ever. So it'll mm. be fine. Got it. All right. I love it. Morbius. This is awesome. This is now. I mean, if you want to think about it, when they brought it out again, so it could beat um, Endgame. Mm-hmm. So they brought it out. That it, it, it skyrocketed yet again. And that was the original. And that was less than, Ooh. I mean, that was 10 years after. Right. Okay. So. They've been waiting for the sequel for a long time. There's a totally opportunity that it's gonna it's gonna tank and that Cameron's gonna blow it, mm-hmm. but he hasn't he hasn't blown it yet. So all right, he's earned enough goodwill from me for me to predict that he will do well. Okay, uh, Morbius. Now they have this under a question mark, and what looks strong, Venom and Venom Let There Be Carnage, demonstrated that Sony doesn't need Spider-Man to make a major Marvel hit. And the studio hopes that that trend continues with Morbius. Uh, the cause for concern is that Morbius is not nearly as well-known or beloved as Venom. And unlike Sony's recent Spider-Man movies, Morbius was not produced by Marvel Studios and is not part of the MCU, despite Keaton's curious involvement and shots in the trailer that include posters of Spider-Man in the background. Although they did answer that, kind of, that question in Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, so it's maybe not connected directly, but it exists in a universe that could have different versions of characters that we've seen. So I don't think that's as, that's as much to worry about. But the one major cause for concern is Tom Holland's Peter Parker almost certainly won't be swinging into this movie. Um, they have this under question mark. I have this under question mark. I don't disagree. Uh, I, I, Venom, Venom is one of those Deadpool-esque characters that fandom has just grown to love. The comic book fandom has grown to love and that has transferred over. Morbius is obviously not. Morbius was a recurring Spider-Man nemesis, sometimes friend. Uh, kudos to them for trying to make a cool vampire movie, which is what I hope they try to do with this. 
in the vein of how Blade was a cool vampire hunter movie. But ultimately, I, I would I would say question mark. I, I don't. I have no idea how this is going to do. Yeah, I mean, I won't bet against it because of uh, because of Venom. So you never know. But I, I'm not interested. <laughs> I, our, I, our couldn't, l- I couldn't care less whether it does well or not. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree. Well, it'd be, it's interesting if you want if you're a fan of if you're a fan of of this kind of stuff in terms of you know branching out. You know, it's definitely something that. Um, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hope against it, right. you know, but I, I don't, I don't know. Finally. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If it was Morbius versus Blade, I'd be there in a, you know, well, in a heartbeat. That's true, actually. In a uh, heartbeat. The, fi- the final movie, Uncharted. And this is actually coming out. So we're going to get an answer to this uh, very, very This quickly. is Friday, right? This is uh, this February Friday 18th, or... actually. February 18th. Okay. Uh, so, so not this Friday. The reason I bring this up is it was part of uh, the video game series Uncharted. And it's yes. about know, dashing treasure Uncharted. hunter Nathan Drake. It's the male uh, uh, Tomb Raider. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a guy Tomb Raider. And it stars Tom Holland, who uh, right now is technically the biggest movie star in the world uh, because yeah. of Spider-Man. He's doing all right. Tom he's Holland doing, doing, he's doing okay. pretty good. Yeah. Um, cause for concerns, according to Variety, for one, video game adaptions other than Resident, some of the Resident Evil movies and maybe Sonic the Hedgehog have basically never worked. Uh, for another, at 25, Holland is at least 10 years younger than Drake was in the video games. But, I mean, who really cares about that? And while Holland's Spider-Man movies have all been blockbusters, he has struggled to connect in films that have nothing to do with superheroes. I think this is a huge question mark. I think video game adaptions, the audience for video games, the audience who play video games, they don't always come out in the theaters. It's, it's, it's almost counterintuitive to not be in control of what happens to the character now that video games have become such narrative pieces themselves. So I think there's, there's, a, there's a component to that. It's got to be a cool movie for moviegoers to come out. I don't think, I don't think you can depend on a video game audience to come out. And I actually think... Tom Holland, while he is technically the biggest movie star in the world, is in a little bit of a quandary. I saw the trailer for this, and I go, that looks cool. That's Spider-Man. I, I think he's trapped right now in the fact that he is Spider-Man. I, I, I almost kind of don't want to see him, and this is my own personal opinion. I just don't want to see him as anything but Spider-Man. I just know him as Spider-Man. It's going to take something truly different for him to break away from being in my mind typecast and i'm projecting my own thoughts as to what an audience might might also perceive so i would say question mark big question mark for this movie uh, i think it'll do okay but i mean look it, it could suffer uh pandemic curse because it's kind of an unknown it's, it's not a widely known like yep. it's not it's not an indiana jones movie but yep. it's trying to be. Yep. And I, you know, but look, it might be people are looking for brand new action adventure stories. You know, it's probably politically safe from for general audiences to be able to watch. Um, 
So, I mean, there's a, there's a very good chance people are going to be, you know, by, by February, people are going to be looking for something to escape to that they could probably bring a lot of people to their families to and whatever that could be it. Cause yeah. a lot of these other things are kind of controversial. Like it's questionable whether you're going to bring your kid to see Batman or Jurassic park, you know, cause it might be violent, even though it probably won't be mm-hmm. um, some of these other things like, you know, Morbius, you're not going to take your kid to see a vampire movie, you know, even if it is for Sony, but you know, you might, you might, you might go take them into a, you know, kind of raucous action adventure story about archaeology. Maybe, maybe a kid will learn something also. So, you know, there's, there's that factor to, uh, to key into that. And then we, it might be bigger than we think it is. The uncharted, uh, video game series is pretty huge. Yeah. Pretty huge. So, and they've been talking about this movie for ages. So yeah. it's, it's sort of anticipated. So we'll see. Yeah, we will see. All right. What okay. do you guys think? That was sure thing, safe bet, or big fat question mark. Or I'm going to rename that segment, though. I want to, I think we should, we should, we should do it in, um, in movie theater terms, like butter my popcorn or no, no, no. Or bring an outside food or beverage. <laughs> <laughs> that was funnier. Butter my popcorn is a euphemism. It's a terrible euphemism for not good, right? any other thing. No. It's it good. sounded better in my head than what it actually came Yeah, out. until you said it. And then it was like, yeah. uh, no. But, but I mean, bring, bring in outside food. That kind of, that strikes a chord. So we, okay. we, we'll use that. We'll, for we'll work on the tweaking. But uh, <laughs> yeah. what do you guys think? Sure thing. Safe bet. Big fat question mark. Let us know in the comment feed. When we come back, uh, we're going to do a Rogue Rage rebuttal. It's going to be very exciting. What does that mean? We'll have to find out. Even I don't know. In 30 seconds. Welcome back to the Rogue Wave podcast. Um, next week, we've got a lot of cool stuff happening um, because Book of Boba Fett reaches its conclusion. So we will be doing our spoiler-ish reaction, our Rogue reaction to it. Uh, mm-hmm. But first, before we end, before we exit this show, um, again, this has been this has been the Hassan Godwin vehicle. By the way, this is these are all topics that that you brought up that I think is pretty awesome. There is a Variety article out there that says, viewer data suggests many Netflix hits go from sizzle to fizzle quickly. Uh, According to to Variety, (laughs) the top 2021 Netflix series saw audiences peak in the first month following their debut. Even reigning hit Squid Game saw a pronounced drop-off after a hot start and the frequency of big Netflix originals quickly losing steam hints at why the streamer must spend so heavily on content. All of this suggests, in compilation with things like Masters of the Universe being released in two parts, and Ozark, which, by the way, update to the Ozark challenge. Oh, boy. I'm on episode eight of season three. Of season three. Still season there. three. Darn I'm it. almost there. I watched like two seasons of Ray Donovan and the Ray Donovan movie yes. in the time it's taken you to watch like four episodes. It's yeah, terrible. That, it's in terrible. my defense for Ozark, no, honestly, don't defend. 
I, I always want to start the next one. I do, but they are so emotionally draining that I just, by the time I get to the next one, I'm like, I just, I gotta, I gotta, I need, I need time. I need time. Like I literally need time because there's part of me that sits, sits there and says, I literally could watch the rest of this all night long. But I'm like, you know what? After what just happened, man. So fair, fair enough. It happens in season four, but yeah, no, it, it, I remember why I took a break from it. It was, it was too much. It was too much. But anyway, that was the Ozark challenge. I think okay. by next, I think I can guarantee by next week, I will be into season four. Unless okay. something so dramatic happens at the end of season three that I need a, a huge long break. Well, so. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And then if that's the caveat, then yeah, we do not know. So Good luck. <laughs> I'm going to call this a rogue rage rebuttal because part of your rogue rage, one of your rogue rages was that you did not like the week to week format, but now I data is showing it's actually worse. It's worse off. You're good. You, it, it doesn't actually help you get more content because now Netflix has to spend so much to, to uh, produce new content that, and they're not getting the bang for the buck that the one of two things is going to happen. Their business model is going to collapse completely, in which case you're only going to be left with these other streamers or they're going to have to change to meet the demands. You don't actually have that 100% correct in saying that I don't like the week to week format. Okay. Um, I don't mind the week-to-week format. It, it's the format that we grew up with. I mean, mm-hmm. we were stuck with it for, for freaking 30 years. I don't like that because of the binging phenomenon, Yeah, no one's making week-to-week episodes anymore. Mm-hmm. So, like, these episodes don't have a first act, second act, you know, third act, or, you know, rising action, conclusion, denouement, all that stuff. A lot of that stuff is missing from these from from average episodes, which is why people are kind of feeling, you know, a little annoyed whenever they, you know, they're watching something and they have to wait a week for the next episode. But they didn't feel like they got anything satisfying in the episode that they're all, they're currently watched. Yeah, they just watched. So I think movie. I mean, excuse me. I think shows like say like Mandalorian, some of the the MCU shows. I think they're they're spared this fate because they they are made with the knowledge that these will be week to week as opposed mm-hmm. to dropped all at once. Um, but you can't just I I just don't think you could turn that faucet off and expect uh you know and expect all the content to fit perfectly in the week to week format. I think yeah. there's adjustments in the way in the stylization and the way a lot of these shows are made has to be has to be administered for it all to work also yeah. otherwise a lot of these shows are going to fall apart very quickly and yeah. it'll be forgotten halfway through their run which case more shows are going to get canceled than not you know because yeah. netflix is already they're, they're well, already trigger happy with kids yeah. yeah so i think yeah. if people start losing losing faith in something halfway through a season just because of the pacing of the season like remember the uh, yeah the marvel series right that they, they, mm-hmm. they always felt like they were like two or three episodes too long that yeah. they were padded yeah you know that's because they just don't know how to manage their time very well so I that's what I, that was my say, complaint about it steve steve Hovecki, a frequent guest and collaborator on the show and creator of mcbride and groom which is on rogue matter right now uh he had a great suggestion but i don't think it actually works but i think it was a great suggestion which was you know if it's a new show you drop the whole season the first season and then you come back at the second season and you do it in 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 drips and drabs 
I don't think it's 100 percent successful that way to do it because you're what you're gonna end up having are people now saying, wait, what do you mean I have to wait week to week for this? Whereas last year I got the whole thing. However, I bet you if they did binge drops, so maybe three episodes every two weeks. Hold on, hold on. Wait, before you before you go into your Mm -hmm. um you didn't I, I I cut you off before you gave us the statistics that you were telling us about in the article about why this is starting to cost Netflix a lot of money. Oh, because I I, kind of got in your way there. I just had a bullet point. It just said the frequency of big Netflix originals quickly losing steam hints at why the streamer must spend so heavily on content. Uh, That's something like 18 billion that they're investing in new content. Because and, because the the lack of interest in some things or the not not necessarily the lack of interest but the lack the of drop off trending yeah right. the, exactly the drop trend off and last the, basically the- other streamers now are able to milk the content for mm-hmm. milk less content so they don't have to spend as much um, and therefore they're more profitable Netflix and, and look it's not just going to affect how much. Uh, you know, whether or not Netflix can make money, it's going to affect how much Netflix is going to cost. You know, at what point do you sit there and say, I'm done? You know, it's, it's why Netflix is actually investing in movies now. They're mm-hmm. investing more in movies than shows. And because the shows cost more, whereas TV shows used to cost less, but now if you have to do five seasons of yeah, a show... Eat- each of your get, season is gonna has to be pretty much of the same cinematic yes. quality as, yeah. as a movie. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. So ultimately, a movie is it can 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 be a a, a cheaper, more buzzier experience. Um, maybe it does. I don't know. I I just know that it's good. Netflix has raised their prices repeatedly. Um, the other thing Netflix might end up doing is taking this data and saying, you know what, we should offer an ad service i mean because now i actually read an article recently youtube made more money than netflix past this past quarter and all based on ads and they're not even the one you know youtube youtube is now officially out of the content producing business why do they need to be in it they don't need to they're literally just using their their title correctly youtube you do it (laughs) you guys out there yeah produce the content so we can make money off it and that's and that's what they're doing so I think um I, I think what will happen is in you know in a in a couple of years Netflix will will jump to um some kind of hybrid of weekly like they did with uh, Arcane where they yeah. release three at a time um and it will be in the start to go to mostly weekly or at least you know um uh you know, like four, three or four episodes per week, something like that. I do think that the caveat to that or the the, the fallout of that mm-hmm. is that we're going to get this golden age of, of content is going to stop because once yeah. everybody moves to weekly, I think, I think one of the reasons why we were getting such a glut of shows is because of the model, because a show like The Witcher will drop all in December and by, by, by January, everyone's done with The Witcher. That's right. So it doesn't last a long time. So they so they need to have another show to take to take its exactly. place and another show and another show. And then if they're going week to week, so like something like The Witcher will last three months as opposed to one, then that's three different other shows that they could have had that will not be there anymore. And yeah. that's a that's bad, you know, that's that's imperfect uh percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's basically what will happen. And I think we're going to miss all the content. 
you know? So I think well, that's going to be the, the residual of that. I, I don't, I don't see another way out of it. I don't, you know, I don't begrudge them. Uh, the, you know, the, the want to have uh, whatever product that they're having out. I, mm-hmm. I don't begrudge them wanting that to trend. So that it attracts a lot of attention and thus attracts a lot of subscribers. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get the business is business of business is business. But on the other hand, you know, I think it's going to cost. I think it's going to be costly if they all have to switch because that'll be an act of desperation. Because the whole reason they told us to cut the cable was so that we could have everything we wanted on demand. And if everything goes back to a weekly format, yet we are paying exorbitant amounts of money for each streaming service, it's mm-hmm. actually becoming more expensive than cable with none of the benefits of getting rid of cable. You know, yeah. So, you know, there is that. That was our show for tonight. Let us know what you think. Put your comments and feedback in the comments feed. We got the live stream feedback, but we also got the comments. Please do. Please like and share. Do all that fun stuff. Uh, that always helps us out. Next week, Book of Boba Fett comes to an end. We will give you our rogue reaction and so much more. We will see you guys next week. Rogue Wave.